Merry Christmas. This is Paul Puckett, and you're listening to Getting There. Hi, this is Paul Puckett, your host of Getting There. Merry Christmas to you all. It's December 21st. Hope you're ready for the big day. But if you're like a lot of people that I've been bumping into the past few weeks, one of whom was kind enough to make me my quad shot espresso this morning, you might not really feel this year, for whatever reason, that it is Christmas. You might be just sort of slipping into Christmas. I'm feeling a kind of music. 
And that was Leon Russell slipping into Christmas. And, you know, maybe that's how you feel every year. Maybe it's just how you feel this year. I just seem to be bumping into a lot of people who Christmas this year, you're just slipping into it. It's not maybe we're all getting older or whatever it may be. I was surprised at what the date is, but I've been very busy wrapping up business for the year and, quite frankly, driving moving trucks and getting things that should have been done earlier taken care of, cleaning out storage units. It's been a busy year and a busy December. Today's show, what I'd hope to do, what I'd plan to do, is really just focus on having a Merry Christmas, playing some Christmas music, chatting about some Christmas stories. But, you know, then I made the mistake that we all sometimes make of reading the news. And so there's some things I want to cover that I want to emphasize for you what you should not be listening to ever. Um, But there seems to be a lot of it this time of year. So first of all, who are you listening to? If it's your first time on the show, my name is Paul Puckett. I'm an investment advisor representative of Q1 Advisors based in Virginia Beach, Virginia, serving clients in Virginia, North Carolina, and Florida. I'm also an independent insurance agent serving clients in my home state of Florida and in Virginia. And as you know, I host the show Getting There. I have a couple of books out, so I guess you can say accurately I am an author, and I do some public speaking. So why do I do this show? What's the purpose Is it just because it's fun? Because I am having fun. It's not the only reason, though. That's not the only reason. We're going to be, in 2017, beginning to add some things to the show and shift the show. Well, no, not shift to the show's focus. Let me rephrase that. The focus stays the same. The method is going to change slightly. Why? What's the purpose of this show? There's several. One of the primary purposes is to remind you that your time and your life are infinitely more valuable than whatever money you have or don't have. It's your most valuable asset, partially because you don't know how much time you have, how much health you will have, how much you will enjoy your years. So you should be aware of that. It helps when you're either poor or rich or anything in between. One of my favorite Christmas movies is Christmas Carol, and obviously Ebenezer Scrooge is quite wealthy, as was Jacob Marley, who predeceased him by several years. And then, of course, you have, you know, 
Lots of poor people in that movie. But can't we all have a balanced, happy life regardless of either too much, too little, or just right money to channel the three bears? I think we can, but here's the thing. Here's the thing, another purpose of this show. How we do that, I, don't, I can't find another way to do it other way I work with my clients to do it. There may be other ways, but the way we get there, the way we get there is by not doing what the vast majority of people and professionals are either doing or recommending we do. We have to look at things differently. And one of the other purposes of this show, big one, you know, when you hire an investment advisor or an investment professional of any kind, obviously, it's about the money, right? Well, for me, as an investment advisor, it's about more than the money. It's about you. It's about how you feel about your money. How happy are you? Is that important? I think it is. I think it is. So even though this is the Christmas show and intended to be the last show of the year, I'm going to take off the New Year's show and enjoy my week, except my kids will be in town, except I might not get everything into this show I want to get in, in which case, well, I guess we'll be having a show next week. I'll let you know by the end of this show. Okay. So in the news, I love the introduction written by Jeff Reeves to this article in Market Rot Watch called 17, I almost said Market Rot. <laughs> okay, Freudian slip there. 17 unpopular investing predictions for 2017. Now, what I want to emphasize is not a one single one of the 17 items. What I want to emphasize is what he talks about in the introduction, which is, which is just truly excellent. It's an excellent introduction. So I quote from 17 Unpopular Investing Predictions for 2017 by Jeff Reeves. It's December, and that means rampant speculation about what's to come when we turn the calendar to a new year. Predictions are funny things because we love to read them, even though we know they will be wildly incorrect. After all, if so many expert pollsters with doctorates got Donald Trump wrong by making educated guesses based on the data at hand, why in the world should you bother to read the rambling opinions of anybody? He goes on to say, if that hasn't scared you off, however, I'll cut right to the chase and express my personal and in many cases unpopular predictions for 2017. Here they are in no particular order. Now, I will make one observation. I'm sure it is his personal predictions. I'm also sure his editor said... Jeff, we need an article on predictions for next year. Editors drive a lot of the process, editors and publishers. I, I tend to talk about the writers. Ultimately, they're the ones that write the column, but after they write it, who edits it and who says, yep, that's what we want? Editors. So we do love predictions. We love to think that they're accurate, even when we know they aren't. What we don't think about, though, is not only... Our predictions often inaccurate, and we follow them to our own peril. But we also get caught up in them emotionally. We get caught up in wanting to know the future. We want to know what the future is so we can make our decisions rationally. Well, I got news for you. It's not a rational world we live in. 
It's not. It's as some of it is. But even look at the weather, how, how many the advances we have made in predicting weather. Would you say it's accurate? And it's much more accurate than investing information. There is no radar to chart a Wall Street storm. Everything you hear about the future is purely opinion. Sometimes people get it right. Sometimes they don't. Why do we pay attention to it and do we have to? Hmm. Do we have to? Well, remembering that this is, in fact, a Christmas show. I don't know what you want for Christmas. I don't know what you want for Christmas. I do know what I want, though. I want blues for Christmas. Please do me 
a favor I can lose these Christmas blues That was John Lee Hooker Blues for Christmas What do you want for Christmas? Hmm. You might want to share what you want for Christmas subtly with those who will be getting you something for Christmas. Hmm. But some of the things that are the best things to get at Christmas are things that you do for yourself. They really are. You know, the, the Christmas is an interesting holiday. It really is. Because it falls just a few, well, almost a month, not quite, after Thanksgiving and less than a week before New Year's. And every single one of those holidays, is, those are three big holidays here in the U.S., Thanksgiving, we're thankful, or should be, for all the good things that happened for us. Sometimes we're even thankful for some of the bad because, you know, some of the things we learn, the, the, the most important lessons we learn, actually, often don't come from the good things. They come from failure. They come from the bad things we bump into. And we go, oh, I learned something there, and we're thankful for the lesson. So we have this Thanksgiving period. Then the Black Friday hits, the shopping begins, and the consumerism part of Christmas, I wouldn't want to focus on that part, but it is there, begins. And then Christmas itself, the season of giving, we've just been thankful, now we're going we're gonna to give. I think we should still be, we should be thankful all the time, shouldn't we? And then just a short time after Christmas, New Year's. We close out the old year. We move into the new year. We make our New Year's resolutions. Next year, I'm going to do more of this, less of that. I'm going to stop this. We make resolutions. And I think that's healthy. I think we probably should do that more often than New Year's. But as a result of that, articles like 17 Unpopular Predictions for 2017 flood every piece of media there is. Web, print, radio, TV. It's all over the place. And we get really, if you'll pardon my French, god-awful advice. Here's a perfect example from U.S. News and World Report, Money Magazine, or Money Section, by Brian Preston. I'm not knocking Brian here. I'm just saying the editor chose to print this article, and it's, it's what you would expect to see. The headline, What to Do When Markets Are Hitting All-Time Highs. Hmm, what should we do? It's all-time high. The Dow, all 30 stocks. That's how many stocks are in the Dow that you see on the news. They're hitting new all-time highs. As I speak, the market may very well be sitting near 20,000. Hmm. Of course, there's 18,000 stocks, roughly, if you count penny stocks over the counter and unlisted stocks just in the U.S. alone. So, So the 30 biggest companies... The, the Dow tracks in their different industries uh, have a great year, have a great decade, have a great whatever. They hit all-time highs. What should you do? I can, man, my blood pressure is just really kicking up. Isn't yours? I hope not. All right, they do give some good advice here. Um, he says not to let short-term distractions derail your long-term financial success. That is always good advice. Dollar cost averaging. That's a method of putting in money regularly like you do in your 401k, your IRA, or your account, savings account that you're building, investment accounts that you're building, where you just say, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to chunk in some money every single month. Automatically, I don't have to think about it. It doesn't matter what the market's doing. 
Funny how that works. It works well, by the way. And then he also says something else brilliant in this article. The best tool to ensure success is to take the emotion out of the equation. Hmm. Let me read that one again. The best tool to ensure success is to take the emotion out of the equation. You know, when people ask me what I do, what I really do as an investment advisor, managing money is a piece of it, yes. But what I really do, what I really do is work with the people who own the money to assist them in removing their emotions from the investment equation. All right, and then they recommend a diversified portfolio. There's a couple of things we're going to dig into deep in next year's season, the second season of getting there. Um, once you understand, this is from the article, once you understand your risk tolerance, I've talked about risk tolerance before, but we're really going to talk about it. Um, I don't think risk tolerance is um, something you should decide. What do you think about that? Um, I think you get in trouble when you do. And of course they go on to say a mix of bonds, stocks, bonds, real estate, and cash will help you reach long-term success. Well, anybody who invests in bonds today, other than high yield bonds, and possibly individual municipal bonds if you're in a high tax bracket, anybody who buys traditional bonds, there's an unkind word regarding their general level of IQ to describe that. So what, I, what I'm emphasizing here with these articles I'm covering is you're going to see a lot of them. You're going to see articles on everything from predictions on oil, banking, the impact of regulations or deregulations on energy, whatever. And that's fine if you want to read them, um, that, you know, for entertainment, for I wonder if they got that right, for whatever reason. I'm not telling you not to watch or listen to the news. What I am telling you is not to react to it, is not to react to it. I had a um, meeting day before yesterday, drove across the state to Fort Lauderdale and discovered that my complaints regarding the New York metropolitan area and the Washington, D.C. metropolitan area and South Carolina in general traffic, um, I'm afraid my home state of Florida can compete. Uh, it was insane, but it was worth the drive. It was worth the drive. I, was, I went over to talk to a um, fella, a couple of fellas, who are... Um, Professionals in working with people like me, they assist in locating the products we need to serve our clients, and they go beyond that into what exactly are you trying to do so they can help you do it, right? And <laughs> other than the traffic, it was really, really worthwhile because it made me think about why do I do this show? Okay, I already told you, one reason is I want you to know your time and your life are worth more than your money. I say it a lot because you need to be reminded of that. Everybody does. Even I need to be reminded of that. Because money is such a big part of our lives, but it's hard for us to incorporate it without stress relating to it, isn't it? It's not just, can I pay next month's bill when we're a little short? It's also, am I on track? For my future? Am I invested properly? Could I be doing this a better way? And we're in constant search of that solution. Well, what if, what if the solution is not 
constant change and reacting, but simply sticking to a basic, simple plan, regardless of what the market's doing. All right. You know what? This is a Christmas show. And I opened the show with Merry Christmas, but maybe what I should have said is, Merry Christmas, baby.
boy, there is no mistaking the sound of that particular guitar. And that was B.B. King, Merry Christmas, baby. And Merry Christmas to all of you. You know, it's challenging to blend the planned Christmas show with the unplanned, oh, look at all the garbage coming out in the media that you all are exposed to and might accidentally listen to. It, it, but it's important. It's important. Now, one of the other reasons I did this show is sort of to begin putting that message that I've got out there. Partially so that I can hone that message, which you can sit at a computer and you can write and you can do all sorts of stuff. But the truth is, radio, when the well, I'm looking at the screen right now and the, the milliseconds to the thousandth are ticking, letting me know, that this is when I should be doing something, right? Although silences are also important because that's when you can process what we're discussing, but that's a side note. So why would I do that? Well, because it's an important message and it's a message to every one of you, even if you're not in markets that I serve. The primary purpose of this show is not to have all of you call me up send me an email and say, hey, Paul, you make a lot of sense. I like the way you do things. I want to hire you to manage my money. Okay, well, that's awesome. But I can't help all of you. Um, I'd like to. I'd like to. And the show is an attempt at helping those of you who are in markets that I don't serve. I mean, if you're listening in California, can I help you? Sure, but I'm not registered to do anything in California. Um, my purpose in broadcasting nationwide, technically internationally, uh, bbsradio.com, uh, who does an awesome job. If I didn't thank them at Thanksgiving, um, I know I've thanked you guys before, but, but bbsradio.com has really made doing this show so easy, so easy to do, even though I pre-record most. Um, now, next year, we may be shifting to where you guys can call in, not making any promises. But I wanted to get a feel for what's radio like? Do I enjoy it? Does it help people? And I've gotten feedback that would indicate it does from several different people, some of whom didn't even know me, some of whom do. Thanks to all of you. Now, what is, what is, I want you to think about this for a second. What, when you look at things that you do, if it's purely for pleasure and you can afford it, then that's all, you don't have to look any further. But when you look at things from a business standpoint, I mean, there's things that you do for fun, but they probably should be profitable, right? I don't charge any advertisers. You're going to hear an ad coming up in a second, my favorite ad, I might add. But I don't charge for it. This, this show doesn't operate at a profit. It's not intended to. It's intended to communicate. And what I found out this year, one of the reasons I wanted to test it out was to see, will anybody listen? And thankfully, there are many of you who do. I want to thank each and every one of you. And that's why, as we transition into 2017, one of my goals on the show is to keep it spontaneous, to keep it current, to keep playing some music, to expose you to some artists maybe you haven't heard or remind you of some that you have, so you'll run out and get some of that stuff. I would rather you listen to music all the time, quite frankly, than the news. But... News is something, granted, okay, you need to listen to it, you need to know what's going on, but just don't react to it. Don't get carried away. So, here's the thing. Somebody, by the way, put on the other day that you can indicate a lack of intelligence by saying, here's the thing. My reaction to that was, 
dangerous assumption on the part of the listener. At any rate, here's the thing. What if, and this applies to much more than investing, it really really does, but I I want you to listen one moment just to think about something. What if the solution, not just from an investing standpoint, but from an investing standpoint and from a how you live your life, how you feel, how you handle stress or lack of stress, hmm, what if the answer is actually simple? And what if, this is going to be a focus next year on the show, it's an important thing for you to think about, what if the complex solutions are actually not the hard ones? What if the hardest thing for you to do, the hardest thing, is the simplest? Not obviously because simple things are hard to do. No, 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 no. Simple things are easy to do. If you do them, I want you to think about that for a brief minute. And I suddenly have a craving. Hmm, I wonder what it could be. Hi, this is Paul Puckett. As you may know, I love coffee. My friends would tell you I don't love coffee. It's an obsession, and not just any coffee. Espresso. If you're in the Bradenton area, one of the jewels of Bradenton is Old Main Street, and you'll find a coffee shop, B-Town Coffee, with a great alley and awnings and fans to keep you cool in the summer and in the shade, free Wi-Fi, and quite frankly, the best hot dog in town. Stop by. You'll enjoy B-Town Coffee. Mm, I do love my espresso. By the way, you don't have to love espresso. I like tea drinkers, coffee drinkers. I like people who don't drink either and prefer water. It's up to you. That's your gig. Okay, getting back to news you shouldn't use. It has a ring to it. I'm sure somebody's used that line before. This one is also from U.S. News Money Section. Seven high return, low risk investments for retirees. By the way, if you're retired, do you get the feeling that everybody in my profession is after you? Picturing a Twilight Zone episode with an investor who's in his 60s wearing a running outfit, marathon outfit, running as fast as he can while a whole bunch of guys in suits chase him. Ladies, didn't mean to leave you out. Um, You might be the one running or the one chasing. Real estate investment trusts, number one in this article on high return, low risk investments. Well, um, yeah, I, I like REITs. Public REITs, I prefer REITs inside of a fund like Vanguard REIT or something of that nature. But what they are is real estate investment trust, and they're required to distribute at least 90% of their income to their investors. So it's a great income-producing investment. Um, Low risk? Well, uh, gee, um, you might want to go back and look at the real estate crisis of 07 to 09 and see how REITs performed. Doesn't mean you shouldn't own them, but maybe 5% of your portfolio. I would not assume low risk. The next one I love dividend paying stocks. Well, okay, yeah, you do get a higher income than you do on 
for instance, CDs or treasuries. Um, however, you did hear me say the word stock, right? Now we're going to talk about the stock market in a minute, but I wouldn't say that's low risk. It's low risk over a long time period, but they're not specifying that here. And uh, I'll skip the next one, muni bonds. Yeah, muni bonds are safe as long as don't make the assumption that states and counties and other municipal governments and their agencies that issue these bonds are necessarily in great shape. For instance, I would not necessarily invest in certain California or New York munis um, if, if they're, well, from counties and cities that are basically underwater. California has what, a $1.4 billion shortfall in their budget as a state. You know, keep in mind a bond is a loan that you are making. When you purchase a bond, you're basically loaning the issuer of that bond the money, and they pay you interest until it matures. And in this case, they're talking about individual munis, I think. And um, if you're investing in any bonds these days at all, except high yield, you don't want to do it in a fund. Um, I'm not sure you should um, at all. Um, annuities. Well, here's the problem with this. They, they say you can get fixed or variable. Well, only one of them is safe, guaranteed safe. And those are fixed and indexed annuities. Variable annuities are extremely expensive. A, three and a half, four and a half percent is not uncommon. Some are five by the time you load it up with riders. So in addition to the cost, you're still invested in what? Well, the stock market. And over the short term, that can be, well, not low risk. All right, the last two are the main reason I brought up this article. High return, low risk, and the last two on this list of seven, supposedly high return, low risk investments. I may have said it backwards a second ago. High return, low risk investments. U.S. Treasuries. Hmm. First of all, the return on them is pathetic currently. It's been falling, as you know, for quite a while. Um, maturities between 2 and 10 years, currently around 2% per year. But hey, if you buy a 30-year, you're getting in excess of 2.5%. Let's all rush out. Let's all rush out and buy a 2.5% bond. You have got to be kidding me. Give me a second here to clear my throat. Espresso saves the day once again. Okay. <laughs> Getting back to my point. Um, <laughs> not high return and absolutely not high risk. What I would call treasuries currently, high risk, low return. When interest rates go up, they're going to get killed. And if you own them, your portfolio will get killed. And then the last one, this one sounds so good. I remember when they first came out, I considered investing my clients' money in them and decided not to, thank God. Treasury Inflation Protected Securities. Because they're a little different than traditional treasuries, he puts it as a separate item. Technically, it's still a, it's still a debt issued by the federal government that you can buy if you wish. These have a little unique feature. They're also known as TIPS. My industry loves to use different terms to confuse you, um, partially because the more confused you are, the more you are likely to hire a professional. I personally don't agree with that approach. I would like you to understand every single thing I say, even if you're a prospect, even if you, you're talking to me about doing business. You will figure out 
whether or not I can help you or not on your own. Uh, you don't need to be um, convinced of your lack of knowledge by my use of jargon. Yeah, I can't stand it when people do that. Anyway, you can buy tips for as little as 100 bucks, And like treasuries, you can buy them directly from treasurydirect.com, I think. Um, well, if you, if you Google Treasury Direct, it's either treasurydirect.com or .gov. I think it's .gov. Uh, but I still, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not telling you that so you'll rush out and buy them. Uh, matter of fact, um, here I'll make it clear. Don't buy them. Here's the thing with tips. They have an inflation adjustment based on the CPI. That's the Consumer Price Index. And, and the article does say, oops, they could drop if there's deflation. Do you know that in the last big bond fund hiccup, the category of bonds that did the worst were treasury inflation protected securities. They are, in my opinion, a gimmick you should avoid. So my point here with that article, seven high risk, I'm sorry, I keep calling it what it is, seven high return, low risk investments is, you know, most of them on that list are neither high return or low risk. Another article for you to avoid. I want you to avoid a bunch of articles. All right. Um, you know, I got to tell you, and I think I'm going to end up doing that show next week, but we'll see. There are a couple more articles I want to cover. Um, but, you know, I like that Merry Christmas baby concept. I really do. So maybe it's worth repeating in a different way.
A song by the same title as the B.B. King you heard earlier, Merry Christmas, Baby. That, recorded in 1967, was Otis Redding. When he was sitting on the side of the... Uh, when he was sitting on the dock of the bay. You know, he did more than just write that one song. Otis Redding, Merry Christmas, Baby. All right. These two articles... If you hear nothing else investment-related on this show today, this is what you need to know. This would be considered part of the prime message that I have for anybody who's investing. I mean, okay, these are um, from USA Today and from CNBC. The CNBC title really, really, really got me fired up. So let's do it second. USA Today, Matt Krantz, headline, How to Win at the Stock Market in 2017. Hmm. Boy, that's an important thing to know, right? How to win at the stock market in 2017. Where should we invest our money? He says, ooh, robotics, artificial intelligence, all sorts, oh, software and auto component makers will see such strong demand they can be insulated from the vagaries of the economy. The bottom line, make money in 2017 will be about profiting from the new currency innovation, be that in a cloud or in a car, in ways that fit with new administration rules. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. In simple terms, I wish you could see, by the way, that little brief, high energy reading of that particular article on the equalizer compared to how I'm, I'm speaking now, which is my preferred approach. Okay, you want to win at the stock market? Okay. You ever heard the phrase, um, you never win the lottery if you don't buy a ticket? Well, it's true. I'm not recommending the lottery. It can be fun, but, you know, odds of winning are so slim. But odds of winning the stock market, if you keep it simple, are incredibly high. But the problem is, it's so simple that people have difficulty doing it. And I, you know, we're gonna we're gonna do a series of shows next year because I'm gonna do some research. I really am to find out how many things in life, perhaps some of my listeners in the fields of psychology, social sociology, the sciences, how many things are out there where the best solution is the simplest. Hmm. I think a lot of them. And investing in the stock market is simple. Invest. Stay in. Don't react to news. Don't sell. Buying low and uh, selling high, almost impossible to do if you try to do it. If you just buy and hold for 10, 20 years, and when I say buy and hold, I'm not talking about an individual stock. That's important. I'm talking about like an index fund where you've got the whole market. Hmm. Cover that heavily. Okay. Before we play one of my favorite Christmas songs, and I recommend the movie that went with it, this headline, I got to tell you, this is the reason why I covered headlines on today's show. This was the one that triggered it by Patty Dom at CNBC. Don't worry about stocks this week, comma, but soon, dot, dot, dot. Hey, I got an idea. This is actually what I specialize in. This is actually what I want you to be able to do. Are you ready? Let's 
let's keep part of the headline and, and ditch the other four words. Instead of don't worry about stocks this week, but soon, how about don't worry about stocks? You can be fully invested and not worry about a thing. And I can show you how. Hmm. Ooh. It's still Christmas. We've got six minutes left in the show. Let's take part of it for one of my all-time, even though it's fairly recent, Christmas songs.
the incomparable Mariah Carey. All I want for Christmas is you. Hmm. Well, here's what I want for your Christmas. But a first, a side note. Hey, Doug, Don, Doug and Don Newsom, producers of the show. They run bbsradio.com. I bet you guys were dancing your backsides off in the studio for that one. I hope you didn't spill coffee on any of the equipment so that the rest of the show can be heard. Merry Christmas to you both, and thank you for getting me through my first year of getting there. Okay, you know, we actually got what I wanted to get accomplished on this show. I wanted to let you know there's going to be some new things for next year. I wanted to let you know that the focus is going to be now not on the generalities and the philosophy, but on the specific things that you can do, all of which are very simple, to have a better investment return and a happy, balanced life. Simple goal, right? Actually, it is. <laughs> the hard part is actually doing it. It's like losing weight. It's like getting in shape. You know, it's not all these things that everybody tells you it is. It really isn't. You know, it really is simple. The hard part, the hard part is doing it. Merry Christmas. Have a happy new year. And I look forward to the first 2017 episode of getting there. Until then, you have a great couple of weeks. <laughs>